Hey, welcome back to another episode of Three Questions with Ellen Linehan. You gotta sit through my my little music, Ellen. <laughs> I like make every guest like sit through that, which is like you know, it was like kind of an awkward time, and I don't know if I should dance or do something it, else. You know what? It's your podcast. You get to do what you want. So. Yeah, like it's like I bought the soundboard. I'm gonna use it for something. So hey, Ellen, thanks for <laughs> thanks for uh, being on, and uh, I'm excited to you know do this this one podcast with you, and then kind of dive uh, deeper into your book, capturing the classroom. Uh, which I know is available for pre-order and we'll talk more about that in our other podcast coming out. But you are actually a high school English teacher in Wisconsin and you're from Elmbrook Schools. Is that the school district? And I've actually been to Brookfield. Yeah. And I know several of your teachers. We just had Mike Muhammad uh, on the podcast. So it's like basically it's like Wisconsin month on the Innovators Mindset Mm -hmm. podcast here. So and you're not I I don't want to out you, but we had this talk before because you're not a big football fan. So I don't know if the, if the people from Wisconsin are going to find that out. And I don't know if you get kicked out for not liking <laughs> the Packers. But, hey, Ellen, thanks so much uh, for being here. And, uh, you know, when we were talking before, there's a lot of really interesting things that you're doing uh, in the classroom. Uh, a lot of things that I know people will benefit whether, no matter where they are. I, I know people are still kind of like going in and out of like remote and hybrid and all that stuff. And I know there a lot's going to benefit and you're doing some really innovative things. And so as your career as a teacher, when you look back at your own educational career and maybe even think back as a student, who is like a teacher that inspired you and why? Well, there are some pretty good top contenders here. I got to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if I have to pick just one, I'm going to go with um, Mr. Colby, who was a uh, a professor that I had in my freshman and sophomore years of college, um, I came in just kind of clueless. I mean, I was I always did well in, in school and I hadn't really had to try very hard. And then when I got to college, um, he was just so excited about his content. Mm-hmm. And I ended up taking a class called Native American History, which I put zero thought into when I was registering that um, it was about Native Americans in America, like the tribes and the mm-hmm. settlement of the country. And it, I mean, it was absolutely 100% new material for me. And um, when I completely bombed the first blue book test, because I didn't know how to prepare for it, instead of just giving me the horrendous grade that I should have received, mm-hmm. he sat down with me and said, this is all the ways that you could do this differently. Mm-hmm. Now take it home, do it over and bring it back to me. Um, and he just did it once, but from then on out, you know, I got A's on all of his, mm. his blue books and he, uh, you know, I took every class that he had and I didn't know that I had that kind of interest in history until I had somebody who really, really loved the subject mm-hmm. and loved to teach it and cared about whether or not people were learning in his class. So it's shout inter- out to Mr. Cole. Yeah, and it's interesting. <laughs> Sorry, I gotta give the shout out button. <laughs> So, so like I'm listening to you and I've been really thinking about this specifically a lot because we talk about really like learner centered practice, getting the kids really interested in content, but there is something really powerful to say about, you know, educators that are great storytellers, you know, bring content to life. And I remember actually, um, and I don't know how much this influenced you to teach in the subject areas that you, you taught, but I actually, uh, 
I have a history major and I can credit that back. And I can't remember his name for the life of me. Uh, but, uh, my, I think it was my second year. We had a history, uh, we did history of uh, 20th, uh, century European history, right? Which is like lots of things happened in that time. And I, I just could sit and listen to that man forever. And I, mm-hmm. I, I actually never took notes, which like, cause it just, the way he told stories and the way he resonated with me, <laughs> I remember he talked very fast and it was yeah. kind of a jerk thing to say, but I thought it was really funny there. He would just tell these stories and they're really engaging. And I remember one of the students said like, Hey, like you're talking too fast. And he's like, you're writing too slow. And he just said, sorry, I just like <laughs> spit all over the place. But I just remember him saying that. And like, he just kept going. And it was like, it, it was like, it was weird because he, I, I can't say this person was like a very warm person or like, you know, I, I don't even know if he, I, there's no way he would know who I was. Never know anything of this. But I got so interested in the content because of the way he would tell stories and there's some, and like, imagine if he did actually know my name and actually did care about me, how much more, how much better that would have been. Right. But yeah, like there's something he was so interested and he could just weave it in a certain way. Um, and so, yeah, it's interesting. And so that, that's, that's a, that's a, a, I think a lot of times when we talk about this stuff, I think, you know, there's, there's balances of other things. Like I want teachers that care about my kids, but I also want them to, you know, bring content to life. So I, I really appreciate the answer. And now I'm going to be thinking about how I just like slobbered all over my face when I laughed at my own joke. So there, we're going to have that forever. All right. So, uh, there's going to be a gift coming out of that and someone sees it. Okay. So lucky no one listens to the podcast. All right. So the, the next question and, uh, we talked about this a little bit before when you think of like the administrators you had, it could be someone you had as like, uh, maybe as a student, like I can actually remember all my principles, uh, shout out to Mr. Steele, who I was terrible for as a kid, but saw me as an adult and said, actually wasn't that bad. So I'm going to give Mr. Steele, if you're listening, I'm give you one of those. um, so like if you think about an administrator, like who's an administrator that maybe inspired you and, and why? All right. So I definitely have an answer to this one now. I had to take a a minute to let that marinate, but um, absolutely. um, I had a principal when I taught for one year in the middle school, which was, you know, not, not my natural comfort zone at all. Mm -hmm. Um, Definitely a high school teacher, college teacher. Um, So the one year in the middle school, Robin Martino, who is, um, who is now deceased. She um, died very young, mm-hmm. right after she retired just a few years ago. Uh, Robin Martino just had this larger than life presence. And she really, really cared about what was happening in her school. I'd just never seen that kind of mm-hmm. um, presence from an administrator who um, would just walk into your classroom and I'm thinking, you know, am I scheduled for an observation? <laughs> Looking mm-hmm. around, like, what's going right. on here? Um, but, but no, she was just there because she actually really cared about what was happening in her school. Mm-hmm. Um, and she kind of had this catchphrase with her daily announcement: um, "Make today the best day of your life until tomorrow." Mm-hmm. And gosh, it almost makes me tear up to think about it now because she really impacted so many kids, including my own children who went through her, her middle school. Um, she just had this way of 
letting everybody know that she cared what was happening in their lives. And she also wasn't going to tolerate any kind of shenanigans in her world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I love that. Kids were not going to wear shorts too short. I mean, mm. she was absolutely like a, a no nonsense administrator, right. but she also had this warm presence to mm. her that um, she just really cared, I guess, is, is the, the main thing I'm getting at here. She was wonderful. It's interesting that you kind of talk about those things because we kind of see that as like warm, but like also mm-hmm. strict is, is totally opposite. But part of that too, is that through warmth, we have high expectations for our kids. We have high expectations for our schools. And one of the things that you said that I try to do as an administrator and, and probably, I don't know, I think it threw some of my teachers off. I would go in classrooms every single day, like not like some classrooms every single day. I would go to every classroom in my school as a principal every single day. And part of it was, yeah, part of it was that I actually didn't want exactly what you said is like, Oh, like, am I doing something wrong? Am I, Mm -hmm. but it was like, I wanted people to get used to me in that space where it was just normal and they would just teach the way they taught. And just so people saw me as being supportive, but I, you know, I really cared about Mm -hmm. what was going on in our schools. I really cared about what's going on in the classrooms. And when I, 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 it bought, it bothers me to the sense that that is like an exception. It's not a norm. And I think this is one of the reasons that I asked this question uh, Mm -hmm. is because I want to highlight those administrators that are doing a real good job, but I also want administrators listening to this to kind of think like, Hey, like, like what would they say about me? Right. Am I like, is me being in a classroom an anomaly or is it the norm? Right. And I think that's important. Mm -hmm. Can you, can you say, can you say that quote again? I, I really love that quote. Um, make today the best day of your life until tomorrow. I love that. That that's a, you know, I love that quote. The person that I would say is the embodiment of that quote is my own daughter, Kalia. She's like oh. every day, every day for her. I'm like, how's your day? She's like, it was the best day ever. I'm like, why? She's like, cause it was just today. Wow. And it was just like, and I'm like, oh, I need that. I need to be like that a little right? bit more. Right. Cause I, how like, old is she? She's four. So I'm like, I'm just, I'm like, please don't grow out of this. Please like do, cause even, you know, like even when she's like, I think part of it too, is that people see that as like, uh, overly optimistic or like, you know, blindly positive, but it's not that she doesn't have any bad moments in the day or anything like that, but she just, she can find good in any day. And I just, I hope that stays with her. So I appreciate you sharing that story. Um, cause it, like I said, it's, I think it's, should be a norm of what we do in schools. And so when you're looking back and you have, you know, pretty storied career, I've done a lot of different things, have a lot of people that have influenced you. I'm sure that you can look back cause I know people are going to be looking at your book and thinking like, look at all this great stuff, but you, you didn't just show up one day and were like that. Right. I'm sure there's probably stuff that you look back on your own career and go, oh, I can't believe I used to do that. Right. Like and probably like mm-hmm. you want forgiveness from your first year students. Right. So like when you, when you look back, like if you could go back and talk to your first year self, what advice would you give you? Well, there's a lot. Um, <laughs> there's a, there's a lot, right? That's like me too. I could do like a whole year workshop for myself. Don't do this. Don't um, do this. Right. Yeah. I, I guess, you know, I would say live in the moment, right? Mm-hmm the kids that are in your class right now, you're it. You're their English teacher. You're their science teacher, whatever it is for that year. You're it. You're the only one they get. So 
be invested in those kids and don't sweat all the small stuff. Like really just be invested in their learning and caring about them. And not that I didn't care, but there's a lot of worry in that first year. Mm -hmm. am, am I doing this right? Am I, right. am I covering all the ground? Am I planning it? Am I pacing it? Um, but you know, we say this with dogs. I say this with dogs all the time, read the tail. Like, you right. know, if the dog's happy, the tail's wagging, you know, read your kids, read the classroom. Um, when you care about them and you push them just right, you know, the mm -hmm. tail's wagging and everybody's happy and we're, we're cruising along and we're getting the content in that we need. Um, but when we've got some kind of big agenda that doesn't match the reality mm -hmm. in the classroom, that's when things can kind of go sideways. So I guess I would just say focus more just on the kids and um, be confident that you know what you know and, yeah. and it's all going to work out. Yeah. And that, that, um, I actually, uh, in the book that we just did a collaboration of, it's actually based on these three questions called because of a teacher. And that was actually a piece of my advice is that I spent a lot of my career focusing on what was next in my career and not actually mm -hmm. just being present in some places. Mm -hmm. Now the kids, I don't think any of the students that I was ever with would ever could tell you that they didn't say like, Oh, he right. didn't care about us or anything like that. But I think it was like, for me is just saying like, Hey, yeah, of course I want to aspire to things. And just if you're you actually, things will happen for you if you do your best in the moment. But sometimes when you're so focused on what's next, you actually aren't doing your best job. You aren't actually, uh, moving, you know, along in your career. And I, and I, I really appreciate your advice on that because, um, I, I feel sometimes, uh, I, when I see, this is something I see in schools and it drives me nuts. It's like, Oh, our 2030 plan. And I'm like, no kid in your school cares about your 2030 plan. None of them. No. They just want to know that. We, we get everything we need right now. Like, it's like, we're sometimes so focused on the future for public reasons or blah, blah, blah. But it's like, yeah, I don't care. I'm not going to be here. I'm going to be gone for like eight years by your 2030 plan. So like, what are we doing <laughs> now? That's really good. So I, I love right. that. I, I'm going to, Alan, you are going to get a special shout out, uh, horn just for not making me feel stupid about slobbering all over myself when I told my <laughs> joke. So. I'm going to, that's, I'm going to like live with that forever. But Ellen, I am like so excited to talk to you a little bit more. Uh, I'm excited to talk to you about your book, Capturing the Classroom, about that. But thanks so much for being on Three Questions and, and thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Where we got to. All right. Thanks for, thanks for listening, everybody. Have a wonderful day.